0: All right, this is The Flop House. I'm Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Wellington.
1: And I'm Elliot Kalin. And Dan, you wanted to follow the Stu bandwagon because he's a transseller. Yeah.
0: So this is a mini-episode. We do these in uh, the off weeks when we don't drop a full episode. Um, uh-huh. And uh, Stuart introduced a new segment last mini-episode called um, Missed That Movie that I was quite cat- taken with. Catch that Kid. Yep, it was called <laughs> "Catch That Kid's Movie." Rusty, A mm-hmm. Dog's Tale. It now, Dan, called...
2: I, I hate to interrupt uh, all the flow you got spitting, mm-hmm. but <laughs> but just letting you know. I only got I only got two beers down here in this basement that uh, I'm sitting oh, okay. in to record this. So you got so you, you, want... you got to wrap this bad boy up in two beers. Now, worth. now Stuart, okay, well.
1: now, now Stuart, you're in you're in kind of a you're in a basement. That's a below level room. What's another word for like a below level room?
2: I don't uh a a well. Uh,
1: no, like maybe <laughs> one you'd find in like a castle. Uh, okay, like a like a dungeon, uh, possible, and like you're kind of a fanatic about the things you love. You know, like what's another word for like a fanatic or someone who's c- just kind of gets so excited about the stuff they love? Uh, a freak. Okay, and now in a dungeon. Oh, I already said castle <laughs> earlier. I should have waited to use castle till now. Anyway. Oh wow! Yeah. You're no, becoming was... the castle freak is what I'm saying. Wow. So your ding dong better watch out. Oh <sighs> man! Yep. Okay, well that's so, over. Took it took um, us a while, but we got there. So Stuart. <laughs> How how quickly would you say uh,
0: is a single beer consumption? What, what rate mean, are we?
2: I mean, the, the thing is that you're going to have to watch my screen and okay, watch and how just, much of my beer I'm drinking. Just and the, guess. The better you're doing, the slower mm-hmm. I'll be drinking.
0: Okay, and I'll <laughs> I'll try and gauge the relative if, heaviness of the beer that you're lifting to your lips by yep, how much strain you, I see.
2: And if you're doing a bad job, I'm going to be drinking it faster.
0: Oh no. Well, I bet better get started. Okay, so I watched uh, a movie called Get Even. Now that's all one word, Get Even. Like uh-huh. It's
1: not. Get, it's not getting even with Dad, starring Macaulay Culkin and Tim. No, dancing. it
0: is Get Even, and it is also known as Road to Revenge. I I uh, I read an interview with the guy who did this. Uh, apparently, there's a third. These are actually separate cuts of the movie. Yeah. When these you two say names.
1: when you say the guy who did this, can we have some more? What was his role? I'm going to fucking get
0: to this shit, Elliot. <laughs> okay. I'm just saying. I'm just
1: saying usually someone would say like the director or the screenwriter, not the No, guy who did well, this. you will
0: see why the guy who did this is in fact the most appropriate way to refer to it. <laughs> yeah. But there's also okay. a third cut of this movie that's called like Champagne and Bullets or something, some bullshit like that. I didn't write mm. it down because I did these notes before I read that interview. But the film. <laughs> and the notes had locked themselves
1: up. It was too late. The film stars
0: John DeHart, who's wow. also also Elliot, the writer, co-director, composer and producer of this movie. So he is in fact the guy who did this. No, you're
1: right. In film school <laughs> when they talk about an actor, writer, director, composer, they it's the correct term is guy who did this. Yeah, yes. and
2: it was it's, uh, it's John DeHart John DeHart. John DeHart. So uh, obviously he's a member of the Heart Foundation. So what's his relationship? <laughs> is he uh like the brother of Brett the Hitman Hart? Is he Owen Hart's child? Now how are you spell Hart? Neidhart? I mean H uh
0: H E A R T. No, incorrect. This is John D E space H A R T. Uh he used to be A lawyer. Um, He was a lawyer at the time this movie was made. Maybe. The timeline is a little confusing, depending on what you read. Was he disbarred?
2: Um, was he disbarred during the course of the movie? He was definitely
0: a lawyer after this movie. Whether he was a lawyer before is the, what's in question. But, so you're saying um,
1: you did not go into the public records that are available? No, I didn't.
0: I didn't go into a uh, "What if Penny Might a Dinosaur?" sort of rabbit hole <laughs> of madness <laughs> and sexual intrigue to find out uh, what's going on. But this also stars Wings Hauser, William Smith. And Playboy model Pamela Jean Bryant and uh, and it may be reductive to refer to her that way, but that is definitely, I'm sure 100 percent what the reason why this guy cast her because this okay. is a vanity project through and through and there's a special type of bad movie, the Vanity Project that is often a special flavor of bad because it is an excuse. For um, some person of questionable talents to live out their fantasies of, you know, being like an action star and uh, kissing pretty people. So you're
1: saying kind of the, uh, the, what we would call the D'Angelo. The Frank D'Angelo way of It's a of Frank
0: D'Angelo. It's a it's a bit of a Neil Breen, although he doesn't have like the weird madness of a Neil Breen. He just seems like uh like he seems like just a dude who wanted to. He's like I took some karate classes. I want to yeah. make an action movie.
2: It's kind of like every it's kind of like every role playing game I played in
0: in high school. <laughs> yeah,
1: now, Dan, I'm surprised you're not mentioning that uh, Pamela Jean Bryant was appeared in the movie H O T S Hots. Hots.
0: Uh-huh. I definitely would have if I had if I had known. I uh I introduced some friends to the film Joysticks recently and I said that it's a, it's probably second only to Hots in my enjoyment of dumb eighties sex comedies. I Although
1: mean, Joysticks has King Vidiot in it who is one of the greatest punk characters ever put yes, on film. Yes,
0: played by the great John Grease, who uh, you may remember from uh, Real Genius or Terror Vision, or he was one of the CIA buddies in all three Taken movies. Uh, Joysticks, I, I however. I love,
1: <laughs> I love the part in Joysticks where he goes into Joe Don Baker's house and he walk, comes through a window and he goes, why don't you use the door? I hate doors. Well, t- pay, Take a chair. I hate chairs. <laughs> and I think and he kicks a chair over. <laughs> And he asks, and he's like, "I'll do your plan for you, evil rich man." But I want wheels, and he gives him those tiny little weird riding contraptions.
0: Now I know this isn't a joysticks podcast, but I will say, that, I will say, like, why
1: is this not a joysticks podcast? The,
0: the the two villains, the two so-called villains in joysticks, mm-hmm. are so much more sympathetic than the heroes because the heroes are like a smug asshole, like frat guy who runs the arcade and uses it to hit on women. Uh, a a, a would be like sort of party animal dude who actively encourages the nerd to, you know, like molest uh, the bad guy's wife in the worst mm-hmm. scene in the movie yep. where they're breaking and entering into his home. And then just a, you know, a nerd that is not a likable nerd, just kind of an off putting. Uh, annoying nerd. But on the other hand, you have John Grease, who's totally fun, and Jodon Baker, who's Jodon Baker. So, yeah, I know which side I'm on. JDB. Uh, but we're not talking about Joystick.
1: <laughs> yeah, the notorious JDB. Anyway, so what we, we're talking about this other movie that has three names. Which name did you watch it under?
0: Uh, I, I watched it under Get Even. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. And so, let me get into the plot of this thing, such as I remember it. Now, you have to realize that As is part of our new uh, world that we live in, I was watching this uh, as part of a group watch that we were chatting during. Okay. So uh, my uh, notes are a little fuzzy between that and the fact that this uh, movie um, defies logic and sense. Okay. So at the beginning, some dude who looks like Robert Evans... Or kind okay. of like Bernie from Weekend at Bernie's, like just combine those two. I- identical he- twins, yeah. I often get them confused,
1: and they're he both shoot- dead now, so you know they're even more similar.
2: Yeah when, when when I started uh when I started my VHS tape of Weekend at Bernie's in the middle, I was like, oh my god, what happened to movie mogul Robert? <laughs>
0: <laughs> but uh, so this guy shoots up some people in a house. And I think that the thing is that he's, like, corrupt, and he shouldn't just, like, open fire on these guys. It's kind of unclear. But anyway, 10 years later— I mean, I mean later, to be
1: honest, corrupt is a minor way of putting that someone shoots up a bunch of people in a house. <laughs> <Sure>. I mean, <laughs> if you're looking for the reason why he's not not good after that, I think okay.
0: he's <laughs> yeah, yeah. the forest for the in trees. In this case, like, I'm making a, disti- a distinction of intent, Elliot. <laughs> like, he may just be a bad cop.
1: Yeah,
2: it's not like he's going to jail for
1: gambling. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, You're saying it's not one of those scenarios where he lost... It was like a fire hose in a cartoon, and he just lost control of it, and it was spraying all over the place. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I mean, you know, maybe he's uh, just gun-crazy and scared versus, like, he's eliminating uh, people uh, purposefully, let's say. Mm, okay. But either way, he's going to be our bad guy. So ten years later, that corrupt cop is a corrupt judge. Okay, so <sighs> meanwhile, we meet our hero... He's got mm-hmm. a mustache. He's an ex-cop, mm-hmm. and he sort of gives off this vibe if like a cowboy was like a middle-class dentist. And uh, we first see him. We early—I don't know if it's we first see him, but um, early on we see him hitting a bunch of punching bags like thirty times, but they're just from like like the same three repeating angles, one of which is uh, upside down. Um, oh, like cool! Like they just flipped the. The, the film, they didn't no, like... No, no,
1: no, they flew to Australia for that shot. <laughs> well, he wasn't,
0: like, on his, like, head when he was kicking his bags. Oh, he okay. So yeah. he's
1: not a kickboxer, he's just a hand boxer. Yes. Or a punch so... boxer.
0: I guess you'd call it. Our hero goes to this bar, and he's reconnecting with his ex. I
2: think they do call it punch boxing when you use your fists,
1: right? I think so, yeah. I mean, that's the
0: only thing that would make
2: sense.
1: If you look at the ticket, it says punch boxing, because they don't want another football scenario where people use their hands much more than their feet in that game. It's just a poorly named game. Or baseball, where it's like you're not hitting the ball with the bases. Or hockey, uh what is that? It's not even a, like it's not related to David Hockney's work, so I don't understand why you're calling it that.
0: <laughs> I yeah. thought that uh, I thought that punch boxing referred to this type of boxing uh, performed by Punchy, the Hawaiian punch pitchman.
1: Uh huh. Oh, you mean you mean uh, un- unlicensed boxing where the other person does not realize they're in a boxing match <laughs>
0: exactly, and mm-hmm. they think they're I mean, agreeing they're only to it. Warning- a- Is someone asking them if they would like a nice Hawaiian punch.
1: It's a strange ad campaign because what they're basically (laughs) saying is if you ask for a product, you'll get punched in the face.
2: And it's it's not to be confused with what happens when my wife tells me to clean out our storage area and I just start punching boxes because that's punch boxing. (laughs) Well, that's box punching.
0: (laughs) So anyway...
1: What did this, I say? <laughs> punch boxing is when you have it's like a Punch and Judy show, and it's puppets that box, like those boxing nun puppets. Oh, okay, that's yeah, when yeah. you
2: take a a punch doll and you put it in a box. Exactly,
1: <laughs> it's also called packing.
0: <laughs> so this guy is a, a kickboxer and a punchboxer, and I mean he's a kick okay. punch boxer, which is really what kickboxing boxing should be called because they do punch people. So there's mm, that's that. not
1: what the name tells me
0: but so this guy is at a bar reconnecting with his ex and he sings a song at everyone's insistence. He gets up and sings with a band. He sings a song called the shimmy slide, Uh um, which I uh, read. It's the only song that he bought rather than wrote himself. And it is uh, obvious because it is the only one that shows any sort of understanding of songwriting. Um, But he sings the whole song and uh-huh. he like it's his musical. eyes, his eyes are kind of that sort of discomfort that like David Byrne's eyes have when he's singing "Psycho Killer," but like that is a put on of a character he's doing. Whereas this guy just seems like he he thinks that he should sing in a movie, but doesn't know how to do it.
1: So what okay. I'm so what I'm taking from you, and correct me if I'm misinterpreting, but I think I'm pretty dead on. Is you're saying that David Byrne is kind of a poser, He's not authentic, whereas this <laughs> yeah. guy has is the real deal. <laughs>
0: I mean, yeah, this guy is sort of like, um, you know, it's like naive art, you know. So we, so we know that this
2: guy's like a badass warrior, and he's got the heart of a poet. Uh, but what does he do for work?
0: Is he a cop? Do we know that? Uh, he's an is ex-cop. he a claims adjuster? Oh, he's an ex cop. Okay. Ex cop. Uh, I think he has money for some reason, but I, I, I forget what it is. Well, maybe, he's,
1: maybe it's a day trader. In addition to being an ex cop, or maybe he was a millionaire when he became a cop.
2: Maybe he won the McDonald's uh, Monopoly game.
1: Yeah, yeah, maybe he sold his life story to a magazine. Mm-hmm. Like highlights for kids. He's Goofus. Ge- he's Goofus. <laughs> he's <goofy. laughs> yeah. And what's we- interesting is that Gallant... <laughs> actually, Gallant sold his life rights just for a lump sum, whereas Goofus went with the percentage and is raking in money to this day. So in this case, Goofus really made the right decision and did the right thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Yeah. I mean, you know, Goofy
0: did... Lose a little money when Goofy uh, sued him for copyright infringement.
1: But, yeah, uh, but he had to sue him in ancient Rome because that's the only place where Goofy is pronounced Goofus. <laughs> 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 so it ended up being a wash for everybody involved. Yeah.
0: Well, anyway, some like this like gang of evil, evil cowboy like shit kicker types come in and they start a fight.
2: And this this movie's set in modern times,
0: right? Uh, it's set in like. I think it was made in 91. <laughs> or <laughs> so, so, so
2: probably not in 2020. But, so it's set in those times.
1: It's set in 2020, but they all have flying cars and headsets yeah. that allow them to control their shoe computers and things like and, that.
2: And nobody is in quarantine.
0: Um, and I think it's at this <laughs> it's, point that his friend uh, shows up, played by Wingshauser. His mm-hmm. friend is named Huck Finley. Oh and, uh, Mark Twain
1: can't sue him. Sorry. They learned <laughs> fr- they learned from the goofy V Goofus case.
0: Yeah. And it's really obvious that Wingshauser is improvising all of his lines. <laughs> like I you get the feeling that like he's like he knows that he's the only real actor on set, so he's like, I can push these people around and do whatever I want.
1: Now do you so, think it was disappointing when Wingshauser when uh they did the TV show Wings and he's like, I'm uh-huh. a shoe-in for this, I'm gonna be the star. And then yeah. he didn't get the role that eventually went to uh, <laughs> went to a TV's monk Wings Daily.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, that was the thing. He was like Wings Weber. He's like, I've looked at the script, and there's nobody playing the role of the hanger, mm-hmm. but me, Wings Hauser. I'm a house for Wings. Of I'm
1: course, a, I a, should be the hanger. I'm housing Wings, and they're like, there's no, there's no hanger in the show. All, it all takes place like in the in yeah. the terminal. And, and then like, his
0: friend was, like, eating, like, a lot of chicken wings. At uh-huh, the same yeah. time, he's like, look at me. I'm housing wings, too. And they all had a good laugh about it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, what, I mean Wings Houser now, of course, works, we all know, as a Wings Hoser, someone who washes off <laughs> the barbecue sauce from Wings for people who don't want sauce on their wings.
0: Now, what do yoga hosers do, Elliot?
1: Uh, they, my my guess is that uh, they make uh, pantyhose for yoga, uh so okay. it's kind of like a stretchier pantyhose either that or they hose off people who just did yoga like yeah. they really hot uh, yoga they just And then when they're
2: all, and then when they're done working they go home to their rich parents who own make movies
0: okay <laughs> so so mustache hero and his. Now wait, uh, I should
1: mention that there that there is also a job coal hoser, and you hose coleslaw off of plates when people okay. don't want coleslaw. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, anyway, so our hero and his
1: ex- wait, are
2: Kohlhauser and Wingshauser related.
1: <laughs> okay. You got to. Ass- ex- I, I don't think they are, but you got to assume it. Mm-hmm. But they're not. I don't think. Yeah. Oh no! Wait, no. Uh, he uh, let's. Kohlhauser is Wingshauser's son, according to Wikipedia.
0: Oh
2: wow, that's great.
0: Uh, the hero and his ex have dinner, and the hero uh, tells a couple of sexist jokes to the waiter. And during this, the ex is like just gazing at him with so much love, just like fascinated by everything that is happening. And it like it really feels like I don't know, like this, uh, <laughs> like a middle aged man who has paid an escort who hates to be there. Like that is like the vibe that is being given off in this relationship
1: are we supposed to think the jokes are funny
0: i think so i think that so speaking to the issue of wings how's improvising this 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 uh interview i read the um writer director producer actor um he was saying like oh yeah wings improvised all this stuff but i didn't mind because he always hit my jokes he always hit my jokes so, like, uh, the jokes he was very proud of. I see Stuart has opened his second beer. Oh, boy, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's like the oh, sword man, of Damocles pedal, <laughs> pedal over my head. You,
1: you might be running out of time here, Dan. You might want to speed it up on this one.
0: Um, okay, so the next day, I think, it's hard to judge time in this in this movie, he's with his ex at his house, and she's like, hey, are you still trying out for acting parts? Because apparently, in addition to being an ex-cop, he was an ex-actor. Mm -hmm. And he says uh, he's been trying occasionally, and she's like, "Oh, you're using the same old audition monologue? And he starts doing it, and it's the goddamn "to be or not to be" soliloquy from Hamlet,
1: (laughs) which he reads. Go with the best. Go with the best, Dan. He reads
0: basically all of, and he's like reading it in this way that like reminds me of like the best actor in high school who is reading. like shakespeare and he thinks that he's doing a really good job because he's like declaiming it in a very dramatic way and speeding up and slowing down but there's no sense of understanding of what the text actually means or any emotion behind it
1: all i heard was you said he was the best actor okay Mm -hmm. and now does that now does he credit william shakespeare with additional material Uh, no but there is a scene later on Where Wingshauser
0: is drunk And he's talking to like some bad guys And he's like
1: this man can talk Shakespeare
0: It's very important to him that this is a, a thing And he's
2: and he's talking about his friend And not just one of the bad guys One of the henchmen he who's like So I'm Caliban who cares Yeah,
0: <laughs> and, and I looked it up This lawyer did pr- like direct a, a local production of Hamlet So he feels Hamlet in his bones um, yeah.
1: yeah that's a pretty bad I mean they're working on a cure for that but it's still, I mean, there's a treatment, but there's not a cure for when you feel Hamlet in your bones. Yeah. yeah.
2: I mean, it just, it keeps putting it off.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They call it Denmark marrow. Anyway, Dan, uh, continue. Which is
0: different from Danish disease, which is when I can't stop eating these delicious Danishes.
1: <laughs> well, anyway. Oh, God. Oh, boy. Oh. Uh. Are you performing at like an old folks home later tonight? or
0: So the ex talks about how that, um, you know, she had left him because he was a cop. And after that, she got mixed up with, of course, some Satan worshipers who were oh, led wow. by the corrupt judge we learned before we saw before. Thank well, God she...
1: it ties into the characters that we've already been aware of. And it's not <laughs> yes, like a okay. side quest against Satanists. <laughs>
0: I mean, and this is like halfway through the
1: movie. Uh-oh. At this point too, <laughs> like, I mean, we're li- we're like... more than halfway through the beers at this point. So <laughs> <laughs> Okay.
0: So, uh she saw these saint worshippers sacrifice a baby. So she ran away to hide. She's worried yeah. that they're going to be uh after her.
2: I uh, mean Uh I don't I don't mean to, you know, I I know I might make some people mad, but I think it's really bad when that happens. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I kinda so wanna make a stand. Hey, hey yeah. Stuart, we don't need your virtual signaling about how much you want babies to not that, be
2: sacrificed. You know, I think children are our
1: future guys.
0: Our future guys. And future girls, Stuart.
1: They are our, our future guys. <laughs> yeah. When you when you when and you And ha-
0: future non conforming people, Stuart. Oh uh, so, uh, wow, thank I think you. I well, got
1: me. In, in New Jersey, as everyone knows, guys is a unisex term. And when you get a birth certificate, it does say future guy. It says name of future guy. Uh, date of birth, future guy. So, you know, he's totally right if we're in New Jersey right now or any of us in New Jersey.
0: I'm the closest. Well, no, you're at Stuart. Well,
1: I don't know. I mean, you guys live so close together. It's not like he's Elliot, see, I I look behind you in your office,
2: and there's a giant wall hanging that is a painting of the uh, outline of the state of New Jersey in the colors of the Italian flag, so I think you're closest. (laughs) I
1: -hmm. mean, that's because Jersey's in my heart. You know, I feel it in my bones, which, again, there's there's a treatment for, but there's not a cure for right now when you feel Jersey in your bones. (laughs)
2: And underneath that that, uh, that tapestry you have, uh, it looks like there's a plate of offerings to some kind of New Jersey god. It's like Zeppelin's and uh, like a cheesesteak.
1: We're, uh, we're actually... Deep fried uh, Oreo. Yeah, and also uh, uh, and also just something that says waiting online for tickets and sneakers. Just words and phrases we use in New Jersey. Uh, mm-hmm. Mischief night and stuff like that. Uh, but it's actually an offering not to a Jersey god, but to a Jersey devil <laughs>
0: all right well let's let's move along back to get even okay so uh, so
1: these Satanists have sacrificed a baby which I gotta yeah. ask her what did you think you were gonna get when you got mixed up with these Satanists like
0: she was confused you know she was alone.
1: You know, let's not
0: judge her after that. I mean, she did the right thing and left after the baby I mean, started not, getting she's sacrificed. She's not
1: listening, Dan. She did. She yeah. did the right thing and w- after witnessing a horrific crime and told nobody ever.
0: Yeah. So okay, and sometimes somewhere in here they have sex, and for the first scene, it looks like she was like contractually told him not to touch her boobs at all because he's like, like, like doing like like almost like a, there's a force field around her the whole time. Yeah. Uh, but then later on, you know, whatever. Um, the, the
1: whole time <laughs> oh, though I'm not, not sure what they, <laughs> uh, that's both weirdly well, specific and weirdly uh, general and abstract I mean the
0: thing was like my theory was that like she had this no touching clause uh, with this like weird weird dude but Dan, then... Dan
1: you can't fool me there ain't no no touching clause <laughs>
0: But uh, then he's, like, rubbing ice on her in the next scene. So who knows? But I then, mean, he, uh, sh-
2: he certainly shouldn't touch her with claws. I mean, who is he, Freddy fucking Krueger? <laughs> <Ooh. laughs>
0: but um, the whole time uh, during this scene, he's also on the soundtrack singing a folk du- duet with the, a woman. And it's mixed, so, like, the soundtrack is as loud as any talking. Uh, meanwhile... There's this uh, a subplot that doesn't go anywhere and is the worst part of the movie by far. His okay. friend Huck is drunk and he hasn't been playing ch- ch- paying child support, but still somehow we're supposed to sympathize with this guy because his wife comes over and she like rips her shirt apart, and, like exposing herself, and then goes outside and says the tells the police that he assaulted her and he gets arrested. So that's the grossest, worst part of the movie. Uh, uh, with this like fake accusation, but uh fortunately that goes nowhere. So let's forget it ever happened.
1: Okay. Um, already did. Well, we mentioned it. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean legally he had to, right? Legally. <laughs> i you yeah. know, I
0: want to I mean that's
2: part of the well, the curse he's laboring under if he doesn't do list think... every part of the movie, I he's going to have to that... spin his hair into gold.
0: <laughs> no, I I do think that for this small subset of the listening audience that runs out and tries to find this movie afterwards, Uh, You just should be aware. Um, You know, just maybe fast forward. Uh, So somewhere in here, Huck gets out of jail. We see him in the pool with some women, like, wearing fully clothed. He's just standing in there. He rants more improvised dialogue.
1: Now, fully clothed, you mean like wearing a business suit, tuxedo?
0: What is he? Like, just like a button-up and some jeans. (laughs) Oh, just just... standing in the shallow, shallow end with some... Does he tuck his
2: Does he tuck his button down in, or is he more like No, no, this guy. Sunday afternoon. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah, just got out of church. Untuck that shit. Uh, (laughs) Get ready to relax. God's time is over. (laughs) It is time for you.
0: Yeah, it's you and Chili's time. That's it. (laughs) There's another sex scene on a bubble bath where he drinks champagne super lazily, and there's more singing on the soundtrack of the same. Now, now, when you say he,
1: which of the two despicable characters is is it? Or is it the judge?
0: No, the main guy. Okay, the main So guy. They, they get mustache.
1: married. And what's the guy's character's name with the mustache?
0: I have no idea. Let's call him uh, Stashy. Stashy, uh, Stashy. Gets, you got it. Gets, so he gets married to this uh, old flame, and uh, he is wearing for the wedding a tracksuit with big stripes on it. This guy like favors... Like he's a prisoner?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'd describe that as a tracksuit. suit. <laughs>
0: This guy favors kind of like big, like polo, sort of hockey jersey kind of shirts, and then like leather pants together. He wears like black leather pants with that. Mm. Okay, it's an interesting, interesting so, personal style.
1: So what? What? what it's from. it's like up top, I'm a dad. Down below, I'm a biker. Hmm. <laughs> uh, it's like like what if what if Lenny Kravitz grew up in like was grew up in Philadelphia as like a Flyers <clears throat> fan.
2: Yeah, if Lenny Kravitz and Kevin Smith had a child.
0: <laughs> so um, the the bad guys, the bad cowboys from earlier, I guess, are connected with the Satanist somehow, and they see the woman. Yeah. And so they chase the motorcycle that our two leads are on, and it's a very slow car chase.
1: A and motorcycle then,
0: chase. Yeah. Motor- well, I mean, one of them's in a car, one's in a motorcycle. I'm just using car chase to describe the genre of thing that we're talking about. Sure, oh, sure. vehicle yeah. chase. Okay, yeah. Um, and the woman uh, is e- either dies in an accident or maybe a shot because she has like a, like a like a something that looks like a wound on her on her head in a very bullety way. But I, I think she just crashed. I mean, are they
1: shooting at them?
0: <laughs> I think they are threatening them. So I but okay. I.
1: And anyway, is, I think this is Dan is making such a good argument against the use of eyewitnesses in court cases, <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> so uh she's taken to the hospital where she dies, and a young uh. nun comforts our hero, okay, and so at this point, Audrey and I ate a mango, so it's a little fuzzy because we went to the kitchen and we cut open a mango and we're eating it. Is that code or
1: something? No, there's no. <laughs>
0: No code. It's is that like just, a
1: drug thing? Like, hey, I'm no. going to eat a mango, man. <laughs> Cut it Just a delicious open. mango. Just, you know. <laughs> now, and I assume the, the mango was fruits. either so – that... It was so large that it could not fit through the door between the, where the kitchen is and where the television is. So you couldn't bring it back to the room where you were watching the movie? Well we
0: did, but it's, you know, like I, I know you don't understand because you hate all fruit. But a mango is a difficult fruit to prepare for eating. There's a lot of uh, outside uh, – uh, that needs to be pulled apart, you gotta, like, so, around yeah. But it's clearly pit. a two-man
1: job. And it, yeah, it requires oh, sure. a lot of, it
2: requires a lot of cutting. You had to pull out your ceremonial die show, <laughs> <laughs> use your katana and wakazashi to slice it into slightly smaller pieces. Yeah, and mm. that, this,
1: this does remind me of the time, I forget what movie it was, when you said you were having trouble keeping track of it because you were folding laundry at the time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, well, I mean, also this movie's hard to, to keep track of because none of it makes sense. But, um, so this is a little more fuzzy, but the guy wants revenge for his wife, so he takes the bad gang down, he fights the corrupt judge, and he burns mm-hmm. down a building with the judge inside, and it all happens, like, really fast, considering this is what the movie's been building toward, and theoretically this is an action movie. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I mean, who, and- posti- who postulated that theory, that it was an action movie? Because it sounds like a musical to me. It sounds like a musical romance to me.
0: You're not wrong, Elliot, but I mean any movie that starts off with a man just like wailing on punching bags for a long time, I
1: figure
2: it's gonna have What's uh Um, what's the what's the poster look like? Describe the poster to me.
1: (laughs) And if there isn't a real one, just design design it for us then. Design it for us. What would you make the poster? (laughs) Yeah, uh, if you're trying to sell get even to somebody. Now clearly you're putting that Jurassic Park skeleton tyrannosaur on there just to get people in through the door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that tyrannosaur uh, skeleton puts butts in seats. I well, don't know if you heard a little of a movie called Jurassic Park, but it was huge. I,
0: I mean, I I I don't wanna I mean, like, no one at home can see this, but I actually do feel like I have to really genuinely show you what it looks like if you look this uh. Movie okay, up. I blurry, okay, I see a blurry I see a blurry okay. phone uh, screen. It looks
1: think,
2: like a... It looks like a baseball card. Oh, okay. I see.
1: Dan, can you turn blur background off on your screen? Because I think that's what's really getting in the way here. (laughs) Uh, Here, take a look at this. But first, let me turn hailstorm on.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Sorry.
1: Um, Here, let me. I have this painting. I want you to look at. First, let me smear chicken grease all over your glasses. Mm. How do you
0: turn it off? (laughs) Oh boy! (laughs) (laughs) Oh no! Uh, Choose background effects. And that's uh, yes, none okay. Oh man, right, now, now I'm see gonna you. see
2: like Samara from the ring crawling out of the back of Dan's <laughs> bookcase. Whoa, yeah, that, wow, it does look ver-
1: pretty good, very huh? collagey. Yeah, yeah. Nope. so does she wear this, that outfit in the movie?
0: So the outfit that is uh Elliot is talking about is some thigh highs with a garter, um, you know, like a lingerie top. She's sort of bent over. She does not wear this in the movie. The hero is looking, um. Like, maybe he's sort of a... a he's fucking a, a, jacked. Well, but he's got this look in his eye, like maybe he's like sort of a fringe militia guy who got woken up in the middle of the night uh, uh-huh. and thinks shit's going down. He has, he yep. has um, the kind of
1: look you see on... A, if you ever go to a barbershop in a suburban town, not the best barbershop in town, one of mm-hmm. the more middling ones, <laughs> and you're looking at the like poster of different hairstyles, and it's mm-hmm. clear that they couldn't get like the really fancy poster of hairstyles. Like, that guy could he be did. on that. He has a yeah. look
2: on his face like somebody just put Hank Williams Jr. ketchup on my blue jeans on the fucking jukebox, and he's like, <laughs> yeah. "I'm gonna beat some ass." <laughs> yeah,
0: and we we are talking about the um, the the picture that is associated with. This film on IMDb under the title Road to Revenge. So if you uh, want to see what we're talking about. Well, uh, let
1: me see it again, Dan. Can you hold it up to the to the camera again? I mean, who am I talking? I, I, I say I'll knowing that I the, could look it up on my computer. And there's no will probably put the picture yeah, why don't you, so, why don't you just
2: on Yeah, uh, why don't you just slap that on a birthday cake for me and send it <laughs> yeah. over. Now, who's well, that?
1: Anyway. In, the lo- in the lower right-hand corner, it looks like Hitler is holding a gun. Uh,
0: uh, there's a. I think that is the bad guy.
1: Well, if it's Hitler, then it certainly is dad. Dan. <laughs> you shouldn't have to think
0: about it. No, he's the—I mean—the bad guy in the movie. He kind of, yeah, he does kind of look like Hitler crossed with Charles Bronson here. Okay, sure. Um, okay. Anyway, uh, arguably so
2: both of them have problems with minorities. <laughs> we're not.
0: So we haven't gotten to the best. I mean,
2: Charles Bronson's characters.
0: His and, characters and in the, the Death, Death, Death Wish movies. movies. Yeah, you don't mean Charles uh, Bronson himself. Yeah. Let's get to the finale, the grand finale of this. Oh, so the so, finale is
1: not when he burns down the building with the bag. No, guy no, in no. It?
0: there's 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 a <laughs> dénouement uh, after the climax, and that is that the nun comes and she visits the hero at the grave of his wife, and she is like really super insistent on getting a ride back to the hospital. Like you know, yeah. like, <laughs> like he's like, oh, I'd like to stay with my dead wife. He's like, No, no, uh, uh, you got to take me back to the hospital. And it really is kind of like, All right, back off, nun. But it turns out that the reason she wants this ride so bad is that she's got a big surprise at the hospital. The hero's uh-huh. wife is not dead. The police just made her pretend to be dead because killers were looking for her. So he Hell killed yeah. all these people <laughs> in revenge, but she was still alive. So is, is he uh, going to yeah. face
1: any charges for this? Or I don't
0: think so. They seem to be pretty happy and just go on about with their lives. And, uh, but wait, so, so they
1: had a funeral and everything with a tombstone? <clears throat>
0: yeah, that's the thing. There is a <laughs> there's a grave. I mean, you're gonna need so. more
1: than one tombstone to feed a whole funeral. <laughs> <laughs> so if you get a large and it's a small funeral, maybe the I don't know. Fuck
0: out of here. <laughs> the thing about these uh the thing about these um vanity projects movies is they often have some like really kind of unpleasant elements where like the guy behind it is working through some things or whatever, or like uses it as a chance to like have love scenes with uh, women he finds attractive or whatever. And it's there's, so there are these off putting elements, but I would make a pitch that these movies also um, because of the fact that they're the these vanity projects are just kind of one step away from being a parody of, of male ego like you watch this movie and and it could be it could have been written I think as a comedy <laughs> about a man who is like like just this mediocre dude <laughs> who thinks he's the greatest. Yeah,
2: I think somewhere Vincent Gallo is listening to our podcast and he's like that motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> he got
1: there he first. Did it. <laughs> I guess what you're saying, Dan, is there's a very thin line between parody of of the male ego and expression of the male ego. Yes, like the but... purest expression of the male ego enters the realm of of caricature
0: of ridiculousness which this movie definitely does well like
2: uh, and like a movie like uh what under the silver lake i think takes that concept and plays with it and makes fun of it so much so that it ends up uh being off-putting to many people (laughs) yes
1: i have to Um, say i i start i got about 15 minutes into that and i was like "Mm, i'm gonna save this for another time it was uh like it was i was like i don't really know what he's what he's getting at here
2: but yeah, I mean that's basically it. It's yeah. like you know, it's like a, a almost like a parody of an LA noir. I and see. it and it plays on the like the concept of like male entitlement and the male ego, but it does
0: it so much so that it is off putting. <laughs> um so guys, what were the made up uh categories we came up with? Okay, Glad you, you th- missed it. Glad you, you missed it. Sad you missed it. Or had, you had to, to not go miss on it? had to go
1: on miss it. <laughs>
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah had to go and miss it well i don't know i mean i was kind of divided until i saw that fucking poster dude <laughs> <laughs> i don't fucking if I can spin up that uh cd i want to take that uh i want to take that dvd box which i'm sure is one of those cardboard jobbies with the weird plastic thing that you got to snap and
1: like open the cardboard <laughs> up. I mean my guess is this is the kind of movie where the DVD comes in a in a paper sleeve with a little with a little plastic window on it.
0: <laughs>
2: a little plastic window and like
1: a post it with a heart.
0: <laughs> like and, I don't know where this came one from. One of those Blockbuster guaranteed entertainment <laughs> stickers like <laughs> half ripped off. But
1: the title of the movie is written in Sharpie on the disc itself.
2: <laughs> uh I don't know. Uh you know, it sounds a little bit like uh, I'm sad we missed it, but it also seems like I don't know, it's you know, it uh, maybe I'm gonna have to go unmiss it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: this is actually this is a movie I had heard I've never seen but I've heard about before. And Dan, you've you've made me wanna finally experience it for myself, although it does sound terrible. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah it, it is but i've i've seen you know a fair amount of like these like bad movie nights uh with friends lately and this is one that everyone uh seemed to thoroughly enjoy so you know cool. uh okay I... so
2: we did it guys and i got a little bit of this old brewski left so let's get real all right? <laughs> oh god <laughs> let's talk about some personal beefs oh let's not <laughs>
0: Um. So I guess that that's the end of our little flop house mini. Thanks for uh, joining us again. Uh, next week we'll have a full length episode. But until uh-huh. then, I've been Dan McCoy.
2: I've been Stuart Wellington, a representative of the Max Fun Podcast Network. And, and wait, I'm, I'm <laughs> Ellie Kalin, who I guess is not
1: a representative <laughs> of the Max Fun Podcast Network.
2: No, I mean I just don't have any cool credits, so I thought I'd give myself one. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, everyone. Strange planets, curious
0: technology, and a fantastic vision of the distant future. Featuring Martin Starr. So we're going on day 14. Shuttle still hasn't come. Aparna Nuncherla.
1: The security system provides you with emotional security. You do the rest.
2: Echo Kellum. Can you disconnect me or not? Hurry Kondabolu. I'm staying. From Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, Jeffrey McGiver.
1: Could you play Cindy Lauper's
0: girls just want to have fun? It's The Outer Reach. Stories from Beyond. Now available for free at MaximumFun.org or anywhere you listen.
1: Welcome. Thank you, no nice. Thank These you. are real podcast listeners, not actors. What do you look for in a podcast? Reliability is big for me. Power.
2: I'd say comfort.
1: What do you think of this? Oh. That's Jordan Jesse Go. Jordan Jesse Go? They came out of the floor
0: and down from the ceiling? That can't be safe. I'm upset. Can
2: we go, Dale? Soon. Jordan Jesse Go, a real podcast.
1: MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience
2: supported.